The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. So good to uh, be with you. I, I think my job's under threat, don't you? Sort of uh, looking at that. So happy Mother's Day. It's great. We've got baby Thanksgiving a little bit later on. Um, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at King's. And uh, it's a real privilege for me. I'm just going to be sharing um, from the Bible for about the next 15 uh, minutes or so. Um, before, before I do that, just want to update you on a little bit of family um, news. Um, some of you may have heard that um, dear Ron, Ron Wilmont um, passed away on Thursday evening. Um, Ron, Ron had been part of this church since the late 70s. Um, obviously, he was part of the church with Margaret, his wife, as well, before she's passed away. But um, please, do, please do pray for the family um, at this time. To, please do pray for Sarah um, and Tim and uh, John and Joe and other members of the family as they grieve um, and as they process what's been going on and what's happened. I also want to take this opportunity just to say a massive big thank you to you as well. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a gift day for Overseas Mission, and um, at the moment, the total for that gift day is, is it's massive. It's £47,000, which is absolutely um, incredible. So as it stands at the moment, that means we're able to send £16,000 to Ukraine um, via the New Frontiers Family of Churches. Um, we've set aside £12,000 for the land in the Philippines, um, £8,000 to go towards new ground and church planting, um, and then the remainder um, in supporting Alid and Lou in the Philippines. So just like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I probably shouldn't be because you're such a, an incredibly generous church, but, but I am. It's a, absolutely um, amazing. So I just want to spend um, 15 minutes. That bit didn't, wasn't included in my 15 minutes. Uh, I'm going to spend 15 minutes um, looking at a passage that is, if I'm honest, it's really, really provoking. Um, and, and I want to look at a passage talking about how we handle trials and difficulties. Now, Part of the reason I want to do that is I think if there is one group in society that is good at handling difficult stuff, it's mums. I think, I think you mums are amazing at handling all the ups and downs of life. And I just want to spend a few moments looking at a biblical perspective. How, how does God tell us to handle it? when things go wrong, because none of us are immune to it. And if you're a parent here today and you're going to be giving thanks for your little one a little bit later, that, that's, that's really good and that's a real high, but there will be those moments when you're thinking, what on earth is going on? Now, I've got, I've got four boys. Um, the oldest one is early 20s and the youngest one is mid-teens. I say that because I can't remember their ages. Um, but I can remember when one of my boys decided to put, you know, you know in Lego, the little coloured squares, the lights, they're sort of slightly translucent? He decided to put one of them up one of his nostrils. And we didn't know he'd put it up there until he sneezed and we saw it shoot across the room. <laughs> but then when Chloe, my, light, my, my wife, sort of 
looked up the other nostril, he decided that one hadn't been enough, and it was such a good idea, he decided to put a coloured bit of Lego up the other nostril, and we could not get it out. So I drew the, th the short straw and took him up to casualty, and I can still, I think, I think there's a little plaque on the wall in the conquest, because the cries and the screams were so loud as I held him on my chest down. And I can remember the nurse warning me, saying, if you do not hold him still, we're going to have to knock him out to get this piece of coloured Lego out of his nostril. I mean, it's like the trials and the tribulations of parenting. I can remember, I can remember with one of my other boys, I don't know why he did it, but he decided the best way to break a fall is to use your head. And that, and that was his standard way of surviving falls, particularly on concrete. He seemed to like it on concrete that he would use his head um, to stop it. And it felt at times like we had a, a season pass for the casualty across the road. It just felt like we were forever up there. I, I know in one week we were up there twice. Do you mean? And you can see the sort of the A&E nurses looking at you as they look and say, oh, you were in two days ago, were you? <laughs> With a head wound. It's sort of like, ah. Oh, In life, we face trials, we face difficulties, and they come in different forms. It can be mistakes, it can be accidents, it can be stuff that we've done wrong, it can be stuff that other people have done to us. Could just be things like a job loss. And the reality is none of us enjoy them. Some of them are mild irritations, like someone driving slow along the ridge. That, that feels like a trial, but others are gut-wrenching, heartbreaking things that feel like the very life has been sucked out of us. If we're honest, that's sometimes how it feels. And the passage we're going to read is, is a difficult one in some ways, but it does give really helpful lessons to us in it. Now, I want to warn you, because we're going to be reading from James, that James was a pastor, he's a pastor like me, but the difference between the two of us is he is really blunt. He, he, he is straight to the point. Some of you may think I am as well, but, but James is much more so than I am. So if you've got Bibles, turn to James chapter 1, and we're just going to read three verses. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. We're just going to take it a phrase at a time. That first one, count it pure joy. What a good start. I think we can all do that. You know, it's Mother's Day. It's baby Thanksgiving, the sun was shining yesterday, we, I was going to say sun shining today, but we can't say that. Um, there may be a thousand reasons to be joyful, but James doesn't give us any of those expected reasons. He's actually saying it's possible, it's possible to experience joy even in the midst of trials and troubles. So what on earth is James talking about? How is it that we can we can see joy in the midst of trials and difficulties, sickness and tensions. Is he, is he telling us just to walk around like with fake smiles, you know, like a coat hanger in our mouth and I'm smiling on the outside, but on the inside I'm dying? Is it, is it, 
Is it that we are to not really have a true reflection of what's going on in reality? I don't, I don't think so, because James is practical. James is down to earth. He's, he's writing this to be helpful. So this is not beyond the realms of possibility. It's not beyond what we can do. James appears to be saying that there is a way we can, way we can face these different trials with joy. Now, there's something we've got to notice here. He says this. He says, consider it pure joy. When things go wrong, I don't know about you, but if, when things go wrong, if I'm not careful, it, 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 can, it can be five minutes, it can be five hours, or it can be five days, but I can go into a bit of a whirlpool. I don't know. When circumstances crash in, it's as though we react and we go off somewhere, maybe emotionally or whatever it might be, we, we can react. Anyone else find that when things go wrong? James says... When things go wrong, stop, pause. And he says, consider. When things go wrong, and they do, more frequently than we'd like, he says we're to pause, we are to consider. And we often view joy only as a response to good circumstances. But here in this passage, it's talking about us viewing joy as a response even in the midst of bad circumstances. So what's, what's the logic in this? Well, James says that when trials come to a Christian, it provides an opportunity to grow in faith. It provides an opportunity to grow in trust. It provides an opportunity to grow in belief. There is a testing of our faith that takes place. And the truth is, growing in our faith isn't automatic. It isn't easy and it isn't pain-free. But when we face trials, it provides an opportunity for our faith to be tested. And when it says tested, it's not talking like a school test. I don't like school tests. You know, like you take a maths test and it's either pass or fail. That, that's not the testing it's talking about. It's talking about a testing like if you were to test, test your endurance. If, if I wanted to test my endurance or Paul wanted to test how far he could run or how, how, how good he was at running, he, what would he do? He'd go for a run. And at the end of that run, he'd not only know how good his endurance is, but actually he would have been strengthened in his endurance. His endurance would have got stronger through it. And for us as a Christian, when we face difficulties and we face trials, there is an opportunity for us to grow stronger in our faith. Do I trust God? And I know as I'm saying that, for some of you, you're going through really big stuff at the moment that is so, so hard. But when troubles come, do I trust God? Do I believe that he is good? Do I believe that he is in control? Do I believe that he has got my back covered? Do I trust him even when my circumstances feel rubbish? Do I believe that his grace is sufficient? Do I believe that there is a hope for the future? Trials test faith. But that isn't the end of the story according to these verses. James continues, because faith, when tested, produces perseverance. Now, I don't like perseverance because I like life easy. 
If I'm honest, I'd really like life to be a bit like one long holiday in a five-star hotel. Anyone like to relate to that? Where, where it's, it's just peaceful and it's calm and I don't have to try. I don't have to put any effort in. I, I don't really like to persevere because it is hard. It can be tiring, stressful. But in the Bible, we're repeatedly encouraged to persevere. I mean, I'm wondering, even as I'm talking about this, and I'm looking particularly at you mums, you're great at persevering. You are. You know what it is to keep going. To keep going in the midst of difficulty. In actual fact, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I don't know if you knew this, I mean, it stood out to me as I was prepping this, we're told that love always perseveres. That an essential ingredient to what love really is, is perseverance, is keeping going. And then we get to the end of this verse and it says this. And once perseverance has finished its work, it produces someone that is mature and complete, who is lacking nothing. Now when it says lacking nothing, it's not, it's not talking about... It's not talking about you've got all the stuff that you want, but it's talking about what's really important. A maturity, a Christ-likeness, growing to be more like Jesus. There is something eternal about what James is speaking about here. James doesn't promise the trials away. But he does say that if we kick faith into gear in the midst of the trouble and persevere, there is a reward. Trials are to be faced with a joyful understanding because we know God is at work in the midst of all the difficulty and in the midst of all the pain. And whether you're wrestling with a three-year-old child with Lego shoved up a nostril, or you're facing life-debilitating illness, if you are following Jesus, Jesus is at work in you. You are not in a hopeless situation. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says this, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God's grace is sufficient for you. Right now, where you're sat, what you're living in, God's grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect even in your lack, even in your weakness. Here's a few statements that I want to share with you because they are true and we need to hear them. But I'm aware even as I say them, for some of you they will be painful. How we face trials will affect your spiritual growth. It does. How you face trials will affect your spiritual growth. In actual fact, we need troubles to grow spiritually. We do. We'd rather not have them, but we need them. And when we face trials, it is a fight for faith. It's a fight trusting God. None of us gets it right all the time. In actual fact, there will be times, as a parent, there will be times when you feel you get much more wrong than you get right. And I haven't shared this with you just to make you feel worse, 
just as James hasn't shared this to make his congregation feel worse, but to provide an important tool so that you can navigate through trials and troubles in a better way. God has made you very resilient. He has. He has made you very resilient. And it's just like a seed, what I've shared. If you consider what's been taught today, if you believe the promises of God, it will strengthen your faith and produce a rich harvest in your life. In Habakkuk, it's a book in the Old Testament. It's quite short. It says this. Imagine you're this farmer and pretty much everything has gone wrong. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Basically, everything has gone wrong. You'd hope at least some of those things would be right, but he's saying, no, all of it has gone wrong. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I'm going to take joy. I'm going to believe the promises. I'm going to lean on God and his faithfulness. If I can invite the band back up, please. And uh, I'd love us just to have an opportunity just to uh, pray. If you're here today and you know, well, you just know it's just really tough. I just want to pray for fresh grace from God for you in the middle of it. Lord God, I thank you that you are near, that you are not a God who is far away. I thank you, Lord God, that your word is powerful and effective. Lord, I want to ask you particularly right now for those who are going through real difficulty. I pray for Ron's family at this time. Lord, that they will know your grace flooding in, in this moment. I ask you for those struggling in other situations. Lord God, whether it's financial uh, insecurity or other things, I ask you to know your grace is sufficient. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come ever so close. I pray that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand? We're going to have an opportunity to respond as we sing. If you've got children in the children's groups, could I invite you to go and collect them right now um, and then bring them back in here because we're going to uh, have them in as we uh, do the baby Thanksgiving part of our meeting together.